Welcome once again to the Irish in Sweden podcast. And lads, I'm still Moby Dick, still suffering here, it has to be said. So it hasn't really been the week that uh, I would have expected. I've made num- numerous attempts <clears throat> at a comeback. You can hear it still in my throat there. Numerous attempts made at a comeback this week. Uh, tried to do a little bit of work on Friday. Had the wonderful Anthony Morrissey up here uh, in Stockholm. So we had a little meeting there. Myself and Molly Breen and himself got together. And loads of great things. Loads of irons in the fire. And then just the cold just came back. So I'm having a hard time uh, shaking this one. I really would have loved to have been... Uh, at the Seven Drunken Nights performance in Stockholm this evening, but alas, I'm sitting in front of my television, and I can't go anywhere. So I'm hoping I'll, I'm hopeful I'll recover this week. And of course, that has sort of a, uh, affected the plans for the podcast for the week and the interviews I wanted to do and that kind of thing. So we're a little bit behind, but we're going to catch up now because we're coming into a very very busy period indeed. Um, <clears throat> As I say, I haven't been very ill, so uh, I haven't really had the energy to uh, to do a whole lot of research and everything else. But I do have a wonderful interview coming up for you. And it's remarkable, because I think this is going to be one of the shorter podcasts of the year. But it's also going to be one of the most listened to, right? Because this week, we have the majestic, the wonderful Doreen Burke from the Irish Embassy, right here from uh, the Ireland House at Hoveslog Agatha Number 5 here in Stockholm. And myself and Doreen were talking a little while ago, and we are saying, right, I need to get her on the podcast to talk about passports and how to renew them and when to renew them and how you go about the process and what you need and the amount of time you need and all that so uh, I went into the embassy a couple of weeks ago and I was still feeling fairly decent and we sat down and we had a lovely cup of tea made by Jim Kelly um, and the gym was saying that he hoped that the tea wasn't uh, what actually gave me the cold and that kind of thing, you know, but it certainly wasn't. Uh, if anything, it probably kept it at bay for a day or two. And then we had an old chat about passports and that. Before I get into that, as I said, there's a load of things I want to get to you. But I do want to let you know that our good friend down in Malmö, Peter Miller, is after starting a ceramics business. And he sent an old text message around uh, to various people that he knows here in Sweden, people he had in his phone book, uh, about starting this business. And he's setting up a Patreon page for it as well. And I'm delighted for Peter that he's starting the business and I'm also delighted that he's taken the Patreon route right because it's one of those things I think that for small businesses and especially for people like myself in media and for people uh, like Peter working with crafts and ceramics I do think it's the way forward uh, I think it's one of those things that, um, you know, small micro payments and supporting one another, the, well, I suppose the way we support the brewers and the other businesses around the place as well, that's kind of the way forward. So I will include the link in the social media posts, right? And if you want to support Peter, please do. If you want to support this podcast, patreon.com forward slash man in Stockholm is the place to go ahead and do that. Uh, and I'd be very pleased if you did, because uh, to be honest now, it's a long time since anybody actually signed up for it. And it does really help, you know, because like the last week or so, I haven't been feeling well, I don't, I'm self-employed, so I don't get to take time off, I don't get to take holidays, or I don't get to be sick, but what happens is I end up having to prioritise the things that do bring in the money, and that means that, you know, that uh, this work suffers just a little bit. So if you can, patreon.com forward slash man in Stockholm, and indeed support Peter Miller as well. We'll have Peter on the podcast very soon to talk about his new venture. I'm going to see as soon as I'm well enough, I'm going to nip down to Malmo on the train and have a chat with him, you know, whether that be before or after St. Patrick's Day, uh, more of which, you know, uh, we'll get to, but he'll say to me on the podcast very soon to talk about that and again we'll put out the shout out uh, it's great to have a woman on the podcast today uh, I know that she's have loads of great stories and that kind of thing uh, and you know if you want to be on the podcast do get in touch right I can feel that I'm about to have another coffin fit so I'm going to grab an old lem sip rather than a cup of tea made by Jim Kelly and here is the chat that I had with the wonderful Dorian Burke from the Irish Embassy and I'll be back to wrap it up when we're done chatting about the passports hey
at, we talked about off air there just before we started Dory this is it this, you're getting to call your shot here your five minutes of fame on the Irish and Sweden podcast can we maybe start with uh, the, what happened for St Bridget's Day here there was an event I believe Hanela was just telling me that you've just taken down and packed up for the year but what was how did the embassy mark Bridget's Day this year? Absolutely Philip so you know that these days it's no longer just about St Patrick's Day even though he's certainly the most important sage that we have in Ireland but St Bridget is certainly up there now as well um, so last year was the first year that St. Bridget's Day was a public holiday in Ireland. Unfortunately, it hasn't made it quite over to Sweden yet. Um, but we did uh, mark the day uh, still. And yesterday we had invited two Irish uh, speakers over to discuss the role of women and creativity, women in design in Ireland and how women are kind of con- contributing to the uh, cultural conversation in Ireland at the moment. So we had designer Alison Keneally and her fantastic uh, piece of art called Ascension. It was a huge big tapestry. You might have seen photos of it there on our social media sites. Incredible. Absolutely. And then uh, we had anthropologist Sarah O'Rourke. Uh, so she's a PhD student in Minnick University. She was, she was speaking about the significance of, of art uh, as a vehicle for social change and the role of women and um, iconography and that kind of thing in, in art history. So absolutely fascinating discussion. We're delighted to have a full room in the residence for that to, to celebrate St. Bridget and all yeah, I saw those fantastic photographs yesterday and it's brilliant to see this kind of thing. It's still one of those things, as you mentioned, that's in its infancy, you know, and we were talking about it between myself and Molly and Aunt on the podcast. We're going, okay, we have to mark this somehow. And it's one of those things that, like, you know, we're really going to have to do more around because it's such a brilliant idea. And it also comes at a time post-Christmas, post-New Year, when people really need something to rally around and I can't think of anything better. So Absolutely. I'll probably be robbing your photographs now, you know, before this episode comes out. And, mm, right. out. and I'd uh, encourage all your readers as well. We have, um, thanks to Tourism Ireland, fantastic uh, centre page supplement in uh, Doggins, New Hetter, the uh, travel guide, uh, all about St. Bridget's Day and celebrating St. Bridget's Day in Ireland. So I'd recommend all your readers uh, get the cup of coffee over the weekend and have, have a look at that fantastic article uh, that we have uh, in and there's brilliant pictures and everything to go with it and there's a Bridges Cross there and everything else like that so that's in Doggins New Hampshire. it came out on was that today? Yeah, today Friday the 2nd of February exactly. as we're talking yeah. and it's in the is that the, is the, that's their whole sort of tourism guide yeah, isn't that's it? The, the, the travel guide travel supplement and just the whole f- sort of front page is taken up by uh, uh, exactly we've cliff, cliffs them over there on the first page and uh, a big spread Tourism Ireland spread page 36 to 37 so Take a look at that if you haven't seen it already. It's a fantastic exposure for our, our wonderful little island here in Sweden. And not only that, you may as well talk to your friends and your relatives and everything else if you happen to have the newspaper at home. I know my wife had it for years. I used to land in the post box every morning, you know. So uh, we'll be talking to people about that now and try to get them to book their holidays to Ireland. Listen, you can't go to Ireland without a passport, right? <laughs> now, uh, this is one of those things that has come up again and again and again. And it's kind of like, I should probably do this podcast every year, but we're going to do it now. This is going to be the reference episode for the future, right? Um, there's a lot of people here who work here. There's a lot of people here with children born here uh, who weren't born in the Rotunda Hospital as I was, or maybe, I don't know, where were you born? Were you born in... The Lord's Hospital of Drogheda. The Lord's Hospital in Drogheda, proudly so, you know. <laughs> um, what is the process, right? For an adult like me, 53 years of age, have a passport already, I need a new passport, I realise in good time, a couple of weeks beforehand, how do I go about renewing my passport here through the Irish Embassy in Stockholm? Um, Phil, I think it's brilliant timing to have this discussion because people, you know, spring hasn't quite sprung here in Sweden. People are thinking over, am I going to go on the holidays? Am I going to, am I going to get home for St. Patrick's Day or will I, will I visit the family later, later in the summer? So, um, absolutely great to have that message out so early that you need to look at your passport expiry date and, and apply early and, and, and apply online, Phil, to answer your question. That's how to do it. So it's absolutely apply online. So back in the day, you know, you were looking to book uh, an appointment here at the embassy or 
you were looking to, yeah, if you were uh, up north in Sweden to, to come down and, and try and book in here. But now it's so easy. It's all online. Ireland.ie and then just uh, type in passports and you get all the information that you need there. Um, in your case, a simple adult renewal, really quick and simple. The current uh, turnaround time for that is only 10 working days. Uh, so that's a fantastic, like from the moment that you press submit and all your documents and all your photos um, are submitted and, and accepted by the passport office, you're looking at 10 days until you receive your passport. So like four days, that must be the postage time for a while, is it? That does not count for postage. <laughs> so that was that was my uh, my asterisk there. <laughs> that's the caveat on that that's one. That's a little right? caveat, exactly. Uh, so, and look, we know PostNord uh, isn't always the most reliable service. Um, Jeez, they're not bad now, given, you know, I mean, sometimes when things go west, some things yeah. you can forget, right? But for the most part, I have to say, for they're the most part they are, and know? look, usually there's no issues. And look, we've heard fantastic stories, you see it online all the time, of people applying on the Sunday evening and they have their passport um, waiting at the doorstep on, on, on Wednesday morning. So in most cases, it's, it's really, really quick. Yeah. Um, so th- look, my message is just, yeah, apply online, absolutely. You don't have to fooster around with paper applications or anything like that anymore all the information online and upload your photo even from your phone or your iPad, get someone to help you uh, if you're struggling with that. Um, and it, it's really simple. Uh, I did it myself there recently for the first time in 10 years and it was simple as. Can I give you a very, to everybody listening to this, this is not Doreen now because Doreen's a bit of a diplomatic influencer. She knows all these things. Two phones, lads, right? Use one phone for taking the picture and the other phone for the light. This is not from me. This is from my 17-year-old at home because I was doing it for an accreditation last night and the difference... It lo- the first one looks like, you know, you're in a bathroom somewhere in a nightclub or that kind of thing, if you just take it with your own phone. The second one, when you have the second light on, it looks like an actual passport photograph. That's so a brilliant tip, Phil. Neutral, neutral background, get in there and get that on. What can go wrong, right? We apply online and that kind of thing. And you know the way, old people like me, we always like to have somebody at the end of the phone or some you know person we can chat with online and that kind of thing. Is there anything people need to think about, like the photograph, like... Is there anything else that they might sort of stumble over that might delay that process that you can think of? Absolutely. So the number one is the photo. You know, you might think you've taken the most beautiful photo in the world and you have your duck face and you have your lovely pose and it won't be accepted. You know, so you're looking at a really plain black, uh, blank um, background. You're looking straight ahead. You're not smiling. You're not wearing a, a lovely hat. You're not wearing your St. Patrick's Day scarf, that kind of thing. It's, you know, a neutral photo. So make sure you read the guidelines about what uh, kind of photo is accepted. Uh, and make sure you, you follow those guidelines. So that's the number one reason that uh, passport applications are rejected. Is it the number one reason? It is, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So get the photo right and read all the requirements. And you say, uh, um, in, um, get a, a friend or a, a son in your case to help you. And, and um, Hold up the light there. Yeah, it's exactly. there. Fantastic. Exactly. Um, if when it comes to our descendants, right? So my, my daughters or my, like, uh, my wife, I don't think, is actually entitled to an Irish passport. I'm sure she'll take that opportunity in the future. Uh, but when it comes to the children of the Irish community who are born here in Sweden, right? Yeah. Different ballgame. Absolutely. So we are all used to, those of us who uh, were born in Ireland, we all know what um, a birth certificate looks like, that yeah. long-form birth certificate, the handwritten. It's a beautiful document. There's no exact equivalent of that in Sweden, and that's kind of what um, confuses people at times. And uh, we get a lot of questions here at the embassy about that. So if you have a child born in Sweden, what you need to do is get a Familia Bevis from Skatteverket. Familia Bevis from Skatteverket. Exactly. Okay. And you can order that online. And the version that they send you has a kind of a stamp on it to show that it's an official document. And that's the document that is accepted then as your Swedish equivalent to the birth certificate. Okay. So that is what you need uh, to get if you have, um, if you, if your child is born here in, in Sweden. 
and that will obviously have my name as the father on it. It will have my wife, my wife's name as uh, the mother on it. Um, is that enough? Because do I need to send, you know, my passport, my birth certificate? Sure, plenty, yeah, plenty of other um, documentation that you will need to send. Again, it's all online. So first time child applications are done online, okay. which you'll have to send uh, supporting documentation in the post. So I'd advise you to go on to Ireland.ie and passports and click on the, the child, uh, first time application for a child. And you'll get all the information that you need there, mm. um, in particular for, for um applicants who are applying from abroad as well, the British applications that they need. Um, You'll need to get consent from both parents, Phil, so uh, you'll have to get um, the permission from both parents in order to apply for your Irish passport. Uh, And then you'll also have to get that witnessed um, by by someone else. So there's a list of of different kind of uh, roles and professionals who can witness your documents. Uh, We can do that here in the embassy as well. There's a small fee attached to that. But it's quite a standard um, thing to ask of like a school teacher or uh, a police officer or a priest or something like that as well. But the whole list of professions accepted are included there on the website. Well. And of course, like a, a regular solicitor here can do it, notorious publicus. Exactly. There's loads of different exactly. public figures. So it shouldn't be. I remember back in the day, I think it was a little bit more restrictive. And like I remember going to a police station where they're like, get out of here. <laughs> We're not doing that. You yeah. know? And look, that can still happen in Sweden. I don't know if it's maybe as common as a practice or something like that. So we do have people calling saying, God, I've asked 10 different people to witness this uh, mm-hmm. form and they can't get it. But then they can just come into the embassy and we can sort that. That's the easy thing to do. Uh, but somebody who's living in Östersund or up in Luleå or that kind of thing, go find, you know, local police officer. Absolutely. Police officer or, you know, a school teacher, a member of the clergy, a medical doctor can do it as well. Solicitor, solicitor um, notary, bank manager. There's a whole uh, amount of people who, who can do it for you and the full list is, is on the website. So you just find somebody who's basically trustworthy. And then you that's can buy that's exactly back. it, yeah. And who can confirm your identity. Hmm. So the form is attached to that then. I assume that because the, the, the Swedish parent or the parent from another country would have to co-sign, this is a paper thing you have to print exactly, out and figure out. Yeah. Exactly. So best if you can have printing facilities at home or you can print it in the office or whatever. Yeah. Libraries in Sweden tend to have print, they tend to print things out as well. Right. Some of the, the uh, convenience stores. Now, but libraries in particular are a good place to go and get it done quickly and cheaply. Um, the time frame, we have 10 days for a renewal for an elf like me, right? What's the time frame for this? How long would... If I want to bring my kids for St. Patrick's Day, I'd want to kind of do it this week, would I? To, you know, to give them a month. Absolutely. I think uh, just based on the what we spoke about before, the, the postal services as well, uh, Phil, just as, as much time as possible, I think, you know, just to, to have uh, that buffer zone for you. Yeah. Uh, for the online child or the kind of more complex renewals, if you're changing your name or something like that, um, the average turnaround time is 15 working days. So it's still pretty good, but mm. I would always err on the side of caution and apply as early as possible. Yeah. Um, again, we spoke about with the, the renewals for, for an Irish adult who was born in Ireland, right? That's that's one thing. What are, is it the same thing? Is it that the photographs aren't right? Is that the same rejection? Yeah, exactly, issue? exactly. Yeah, look, typically those um, applications are turned around really quickly and they're really easy to apply for. You've already had the passport. You've submitted all your original documentation before, but the photos are still the, the stickler. And um, is, the same, is it the same thing for our descendants then as well? Is that the main thing? Or is it because we miss getting the signature of the other parent? Or? Well, it can, it can be that as well. Yeah, yeah. For the more complex ones, for the first-time applicants, there's lots, you know, there's quite a, a good bit of documentary evidence that is needed. So mm. you need to just really read um, very clearly and read it a second and third time everything that you need and then get all your documents together and just double check double check and um, because yeah that's that's the annoying thing you kind of think you're done and you're expecting your 10 day turnaround time but that's only if you have all the documents provided correctly yeah. now the uh, passport office will always check your documents really early on and um, get in touch with you very quickly via email to 
uh, say that you need a such and such extra document or that there's an issue with the photo or something like that. So, you know, there's a, you're always um, kind of kept up to date on the process as well. There's a kind of a checklist as well. Is it Ireland.com? Uh, yeah, Ireland.ie. Ireland.ie. Yeah. And you just search for passports there and they'll tell you all the bits of paper you exactly. need, right? So write them down the post-it as you're putting in the envelope, tick them all off as you go. Yeah. And that will sort of speed up the process. Right? Absolutely. And just think everything needs to be an original document. So it can't be a photocopy of your family visa or it can't be, you know, something that you, you you've, yeah, scanned and then printed out. It needs to be original documents when you're applying for a first time. I have a very specific question, right? Because my two kids now who are 19 and 17 are applying for their first Irish passports. And originally when I applied for the birth certificate, I was sent, is there a still a difference between the short form and the long form birth certificate? Because I think I was originally rejected because I sent a short form birth certificate. Is that still a thing? That is a very good question. I don't have that information to hand fill, but I really give for putting on the spot. Have. I apologise. <laughs> a really good tip that I do have, it's actually the HSE in Ireland, who yep. is the kind of Compton authority for issuing birth certs. If you've been here 20, 30 years and you think, God, I haven't seen my birth cert in nearly as long, uh, you can apply to them for uh, a new birth certificate. Yep. Uh, so go on to hse.ie um, and get information about getting a new birth certificate if you can't. Yeah. And again, from experience, that's a very, very quick process. I ordered one a few weeks ago because, as I said, I think a couple of years ago, I got the short form one that didn't work and I forgot about it. And then I got one now this time, which I will be checking with you after this conversation to make sure it's the right one to send in. Um, the last area that I'd like to bring up with you, right, is that we know neither the day nor the hour. Things happen. Sometimes we have to get back to Ireland very, very quickly. If I realise, hang on a second, my passport is out of date, what chance do I have? What's the best way to, to prepare for that situation? Uh, yeah, very good question. And like all of these kind of scenarios would be dealt with on a case-by-case -case basis. Yep. Um, if you've lost your passport, the first thing I'd say is report to the police immediately. You don't want your passport there hanging around in Gamastan or wherever it is. You know, make sure that it is reported uh, as soon as it as soon as you discover that it's, that it's missing. Um, in terms of out-of-date passports, like if you're yeah, if you have an emergency that you have to get home for, I would say just get in touch with the embassies uh, as soon as possible and explain your situation to them. So there's there's kind of two uh, things that we can offer in that kind of situation. Uh, if you're based here and you have a little bit of uh, buffer time to get a new passport, we would often ask you to apply online and apply for the regular passport. And we can ask sometimes for that then to be expedited. So for it to arrive even uh, quicker than the 10 days turnaround time. Um, if you are backpacking here or whatever and you lose your passport and you're running out of funds and you really need to get home and you don't have any support network here, that kind of thing, we can issue what's called an emergency travel cert, mm -hmm. an ETC. So that is a document that allows for uh, one-way travel back to Ireland and it's really only issued in cases of emergency. And it's one journey. Absolutely. And if you lose that piece of paper, you know, yeah, right you're on... <laughs> You deserve what I was coming yeah. to. And <laughs> um, look, it's it's not a piece of paper that can get you to your villa in Spain. And no. if you forgot to renew your passport in time, it's really issued only in cases of of emergency. And if you're, you know, you have your holiday booked to Australia and you're calling us the day before looking for that, it's not going to wash. Unfortunately, it's really just to get you back home, get you back somewhere safe where you have a support network in case uh, of emergency. Mm. Um, one, uh, again, I said that was the last question. It's not. There's always just one more question, like Colombo, right? I was in Norway last year uh, working in July and I got to the airport and whoever booked the flight for me had booked for me to fly back with Ethiopian Airlines, which was stopping over here on the way to Addis Ababa. When I got to the airport in Norway, there was a passport control, right? Okay. Luckily, you had beaten common sense into me a couple of years ago and told me, get one of these passport cards. Yourself and Austin Gormley, our previous uh, uh, ambassador. And it's literally the size of something that fits into your wallet, Right. 
is that something that I can order? Can I have both the passport, the credit card size passport and my regular pages and leather passport? Absolutely. You can have both, Phil, but what you can't have is just a passport card. Okay. So you always have to have your regular 10-year passport if you want to get a passport card on top of that. Yeah. But it's fantastic to have because it's that buffer if you forget your passport, if you're flying, checking and don't realise there'll be an airport check, something like that. It's, it's brilliant to have the passport card. But just be aware as well, that is not for travel to the United States or to Asia or to countries in Africa. It's purely for... EEA, EEA travel, so within yeah. the EU and Schengen zone. So it's a European economic area. Exactly. Most European countries will be covered there. Exactly. I think it's about 33 countries that are covered uh, with the passport card. Mm. Uh, just double check that. It's really handy to have. And even as a form of ID, I think it's useful. But um, you always have to have your regular passport as well. Yeah, it's gas because I went up to the window, you know, your man sitting there, he's going, no, no, your passport. And I went, that is a passport. I went, it's not. And I went, scan the thing. And he scanned it, and his face lit up. And went, I never thought that was a passport. You it's know, so fantastic. It was yeah. the first thing, the first time that he'd seen it, and it was brilliant altogether. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you who are resident in Sweden as well, you can get a national ID card here, which fills the same function basically. You know, um, are you able to say is this a big part of the job of the embassy here in Sweden to deal with people losing or renewing or registering for passports, or is it just a tiny part of what you do here? It's really interesting. I think since um, passport applications went online, Phil, it's really reduced the burden on We were popping the champagne corks here with that. <laughs> Not quite. No, and look, we're always here for any questions you have around uh, passport renewals, passport applications. And indeed, look, if you're not comfortable with using online or anything like that, always get in touch with the embassy where absolutely more than willing to help um, in those situations. But um, no, I wouldn't say it, uh, it takes up a huge amount of our time here, mainly for the, the ETCs, I would say. So for the emergency travel back, uh, we'd always uh, be in a position to, to help people in those kind of complex uh, scenarios. But look, Passport Online is absolutely fantastic. Apply online, apply on time and, and you're done and you don't need to uh, pick up the phone to us at all. Mm. Now, I have to admit that there was one point when I was helped by the embassy here. I can't remember. I think always, it was sometime 2014 or 2016 it was. I was going somewhere and my passport had disappeared and the embassy did a brilliant job. Now, I noticed a little bit beforehand. So, like, you know, they just expedited the process and that. If I'm going to put a, di- a date in my calendar now for when my passport expires, right, to give me the best chance of having it, right? So, you know, 20, if I renew my passport this year, yeah. what date should I put 10 years from now? A month? That's a really good question. And actually, it's a question we get sometimes here. Um, a lot of people ask, do I have to have my passport uh, with three months validity to use it? Uh, and within the EU, you don't. You can use your passport right up until, until the uh, expiry date. But if you are traveling further afield or if you need a visa or something like that for uh, further international travel, it's good to have three months um, window in the expiry date of your passport, I would say. So I would say maybe give yourself five months if you're being very generous and very organized. Uh, put that date in, in, in your calendar before um, the expired passport so that you know to renew well on time. Tremendous. Let's finish on a high note. What country is the next place that you'll be using your passport in? I'll be heading home, Phil. So back to Ireland. Brilliant diplomatic answer. Dorian's been fantastic. Thanks for talking Thank to me. Thank you so much, Phil. There she is. And I'm going to get it in quick, lads, right? If you're the ambassador to Sweden or you're working for the Department of Foreign Affairs and you're listening in to Dorian there, uh, I just want to say one thing. So don't don't press pause yet. Don't go on to the second captains or free stage with Joe Brody and Dion Fanning, right? I want to tell you how wonderful Dorian and all the staff at the embassy, like Jim, like Tom, uh, like Hanala, like all the people that we mentioned there, like Aideen, like the ambassador herself, Barbara Jones there, like they're just magnificent and they do a tremendous job and we should all 
all be very very grateful for what they do for us uh, Dorian as well is just absolutely brilliant she's somebody who is very responsive um, she's somebody who's very sensitive to the needs of the community here she's somebody who's fascinated by the work we were talking a little bit off air and she was talking about consular cases and helping people and we really are absolutely blessed by the calibre of people that we have working in our embassy and that's the case around the globe but you know it's almost like a vocation you know when people used to go off and join religious orders and that kind of thing because you know they were looking to, to do something more than just a job and I often find that with a lot of people who work for, for the Irish government abroad or for the Irish state abroad and they're tremendous representatives and we're really really lucky to have them bookmark this episode lads right and don't come charging at me now in June just before midsummer when you're going oh Jesus now you, did, did you do a podcast about uh, renewing the passport because we're going to Greece in two weeks and I haven't had a passport since 1959 like you know bookmark it listen to it get your documents sorted out get onto the crowd there uh, if you need a long form birth certificate go onto the passport website and find out all the things you need and if you do get stuck at all if there's something that you can't get over do contact the embassy but uh, they've made it so easy for us nowadays you know um, and as I say the last ambassador, uh, Austin Gormley, encouraged me to get the passport card, which he worked on when he was back in Dublin before he was even stationed in Sweden. And it's come in very, very useful for me because I just, I always have it in the wallet. So if I'm travelling anywhere in the EU, uh, I keep the wallet always separate from the passport. So no matter what happens, I'm going to be able to get home one way or the other. Obviously, you can't do that if you're going to China or the States or maybe Australia or something. But certainly for those of us, and I'd, I'd say probably most of us do most of our travelling within the EU, well then, you know, it's just a brilliant idea. It's a no-brainer to get both the passport card and the passport right lads the, the old coffin fits are about to be sparked again so i'll be back in the lemsip now for the evening hopefully normal service will be resumed now next week um i didn't get any feedback whatsoever about in terms of the length of the episodes and this one as i'm looking at uh, the recording now we're up to just over 25 26 minutes here you know uh, let me know if you can uh whether you like the slightly longer episodes whether you think this length is perfect or that kind of thing because i want to make something that you can listen to and that you can listen to all of it every week so if you have any feedback whatsoever any guests you think i should have on please do get in touch right i'm off back into my bed with the lemsips as i say if anybody's passing through dublin airport feel free to get me a, a package of the old uh, max strength ones and i should be back to you again next week with another episode of the irish and sweden podcast until then my friends take care of yourselves and take care of one another and i'll see you very soon indeed mm-hmm.